Happy Friday to everyone. This is uh, Friday morning, December 18th, and we are well on the way to Christmas. And as I said before, next week I'm going to do a, a four devotionals on a Christmas Advent. This morning I'm going to do one more on uh, on who I am in Christ. But first of all, we have a we have a visitor with us today. I want to introduce you to. We have a friend. Is that in the picture now? <laughs> this is my friend Charlie, and he is going to visit. He's going to become a part of our lawn decorations in our in our. Uh, Christmas display out in front and he will join the the display this morning and he will be positioned facing the manger scene because even Charlie Brown worships Jesus. Amen. <laughs> so visitor for today. I also have Snoopy. That'll be fun just to add to your Christmas fun today. Good morning. I am born of God and I'm a Christian. Jesus is my Lord and the evil one cannot harm me. That's the theme, or that's the topic today. The evil one cannot harm me. So everyone turn to 1 John chapter 5, the very end of John's first letter. He has kind of some summary statements as he finishes off. And uh, I just want to say as I read these that we need to remember how important these words are how important John was because John was best friends to Jesus so he would have known um, all there is to know um, as he was discipled by the Lord himself and so these are really powerful words for us when we hear them from John at the end of his letter and he says this in verse 18 1 John 5:18. he says we know that anyone born of God does not continue to sin the one who was born of God keeps him safe, and the evil one cannot harm him. We know that we are children of God, and that the whole world is under the control of the evil one. We, also, we know also that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding, so that we may know him who is true, and we are in him who is true, even in his Son Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. Dear children, keep yourselves from idols. Well, there are some wonderful sentences in there, and I want to break it down sentence by sentence um, as we think about some of these final summary remarks that John makes. And I'll just start with the first one where he says, We know that anyone born of God does not continue to sin. Now, that sentence may confuse you, um, as you read it, uh, because what it doesn't mean is that we don't sin at all. Well, we live in a broken world and we still do sin. We still do disobey God sometimes. But the, the force of this statement is that anyone born of God doesn't continuously sin in an unrepentant manner. Continuous, unrepentant sin. Where you would say, I know what I'm doing, I don't feel bad for doing it, and I'm not going to stop. That's continuous, unrepentant sin. There's no remorse. Someone who's like that, someone who has that ongoing, continuous, unrepentant sin is clearly not born of God. Because if you're born of God, you'll feel remorse for your sin, even if you do it. Um, you'll want to confess it. Uh, even if you struggle with it and you do it again, you'll still feel remorseful and you'll want to repent of it. Because 
Uh, those of us who are born of God, any Christian born of God, has a new nature. And that new nature has a new desire, and that new desire is to flee from sin, to be sub- increasingly submissive to God. Turn to James chapter 4 for just a moment. James chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Some really powerful words for us here. James says this in 4, 6, and 7, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Super important uh, that those who are born of God are not proud in their sin, uh, are not arrogant, but rather they're humble before the Lord, always wanting to submit to Him. And then verse 7, it says, Submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. As we're talking about resisting the devil today, uh, what we need to realize is the first and most important step is to submit to God and to repent of our sin, to be humble before Him. And what we're going to see later is if we don't submit ourselves to God first and foremost and repent of our sin, then the enemy will gain a foothold from that unrepentant, uh, arrogant attitude. And so submitting to God is the first step in terms of fleeing from the enemy. Now, let's go back to our main verse in 1 John and look at the, the next sentence. It says, The one who was born of God keeps him safe, and the evil one cannot harm him. This is kind of the core of what I'm talking about today. The one who was born of God keeps him safe. Now, the first sentence was, we're born of God. And now the second sentence says, the one who is born of God keeps him safe. It's a little confusing at first, but not when you think about it, because John's just playing on words here a little bit. He's saying we're born of God, but the original one who was born of God, that is Jesus, keeps us safe. You see? So we're born of God, um, but Jesus was the original one who was born of God, and Jesus keeps us safe. And this is a great message at Christmas time, of course, because we know that Jesus was born in the manger, right? Came to this earth, born into this earth in the manger. He was the original one born of God in that sense. And so as we look to him and follow him, he keeps us safe. And now we have another amazing Bible passage about Jesus keeping us safe. And that's, of course, John chapter 10. So now quickly, Turn over to John chapter 10, which is Jesus teaching us that he's the good shepherd. We love this. And I'm just going to read the first six verses of John 10 because it talks about the contrast between um, the the enemy and Jesus. So first of all, verse 1 in John 10, I tell you the truth, the man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. Okay, who's that? That's the devil, that's the enemy, and he climbs in, he sneaks in the wrong way. Verse number two, the man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of his sheep. That's Jesus. The watchman opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name, that's us, and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But, look at verse 5, they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to run away from the enemy, from the devil, because 
He's just sneaking in, trying to steal something from us. He's trying to steal our joy. He's trying to steal our truth. He's trying to um, steal our stability in life. In fact, if you look down at verse 10, it says, The thief, that's the one who gets in by the wrong way, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Jesus is the one who protects us. He's the one who guides us. He's the one who's straightforward with us. Everything is above board. Everything is out in the open. Nothing is sneaky. Nothing is, um, uh, is secret. We've had some instances in our church over the years of the enemy trying to sneak in. And I'd just like to share with you one of those that happened a couple of years ago. It was a very clear example of the enemy trying to sneak in. There was a single lady that started to attend our church over the course of a few months. And um, nice enough, um, wanted to get involved in various different activities. And at one point she came to me and asked about getting involved in home groups. And I said, well, sure, um, let me introduce you to the home groups. And I showed her the brochure and she was looking through and, and trying to decide maybe which one to, to start attending. And she said an interesting question to me um, which I should have caught as a red flag, but at the time I didn't. She said, I really am interested in getting involved in these home groups. Is it okay if I get involved in many of them? And I thought to myself, well, I suppose it'd be okay if you wanted to go to more than one. No one ever really does. They usually just go to one. And so she picked out um, three, or actually, that she wanted to start attending, and she did. She started attending all three. And over the course of time... I would say a few months, I began to get a couple of reports from the leaders, from two of the leaders of those home groups, that there was some concern about some of the things that she was saying in the groups, in the group, that she was being a bit belligerent um, in the discussions. And so we talked about that a little bit. Um, and then later on, after that, uh, one of the leaders came to me and said, you know, um, it was reported by one of the members in our group that she had mentioned the word Lucifer in somewhat of a positive light. It was a little unclear, but we were really worried about this mentioning of the name Lucifer in a positive way. And so well, we decided to go talk to her. So Pastor Ron and I went over to, called her up and asked her if we could come over to her apartment and visit with her. So the two of us together went there and, and we sat down and um, at first it was all right, the conversation. And, but then eventually I got around to asking her about this, these comments that she was making, um, uh, and specifically this one about Lucifer. And, and as soon as I brought that up, um, she got very belligerent and very hostile and said that we had no right coming in and asking her about anything and that she could say whatever she wanted in any of the groups. In fact, she was going to be the one who told us uh, pretty much um, how things were really. And um, the more I pressed on this of you can't be belligerent and you can't say these things, she got more and more hostile. And at some point I just asked her, clear out, do you believe that Jesus is the Lord? And as soon as I said that, she just laughed at me. And it was kind of a guttural laugh. And it really kind of shook me. Um, and, but we persisted in, in our point. And eventually she got around to saying, um, you know what? Um, I'll say whatever I want because I'm the one who's going to show you that Lucifer is the father. And she says, this is what I do. I go around to churches and teach them that Lucifer is the father. 
And Ron and I, at that point, got up and said that we would like to invite you not to come to our church anymore and bring uh, that false teaching into our church, and, and we left. And it was a very sad situation, but very clear that the enemy had climbed over the fence, so to speak, and snuck in. But we know and very clearly understand that who we are in Christ and that Jesus is our Lord and that we are to resist the devil and flee from him and he will flee from us. So that's just a very clear story of the truth of what I'm talking about here. And let's look at the next sentence back to our main verse in, in uh, 1 John. And the next sentence says this, We know that we are children of God, and yet the whole world is under the control of the evil one. Now here's a contrast. We know that we're children of God, and the whole world is under the control of the evil one. It's a contrast. John is trying to show us that even though we are who we are in Christ, yet we live in a fallen world in which uh, the enemy has been given some temporary some temporary control. And I say that word very clearly, temporary, because that's what Jesus teaches us in John chapter 12, that he is, Jesus even calls him the prince of this world, uh, but then goes on to say in John 12, 31, that because of his coming, he is being driven out. Because of the coming of Christ, the enemy is being driven out. Paul also speaks of him as the prince of the power of the air in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2. Uh, and so what we're understanding here is that John wants us to know that there's a temporary thing happening right now in this fallen and broken world, that the enemy is still harassing us. Now, he can't harm us because we know who we are in Christ, especially as we learn the New Testament's teaching about who we are in Christ, okay? But the enemy can still harass us as we see throughout the scriptures. Um, Job, for instance, was harassed by the enemy, by Satan. Very clearly, Jesus was harassed even by uh, the enemy in the three temptations. Peter was harassed by the enemy when he thought that Jesus shouldn't go to the cross. You remember that? And Jesus had to say to Peter, Satan, get behind me. And so we, we see that, that the enemy still harasses us during this present world that we're in. He'll lie to you and he'll trap you in his sins if you're not. Uh, if you're not walking with the Lord. He'll lie to you and teach you that you're not good enough. That see, you sinned again, so you're not really a child of God. That's a lie. He'll say, you're not strong enough or pretty enough or spiritual enough, as I often teach, but we know, we know different. Uh, we know that, that we are in Christ and His child. The problem is, of course, if you let these lies or sins linger in your life, then the enemy can get a foothold, is what the Bible um, teaches us about this. And turn now to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26. Ephesians 4, 26, talking about the foothold. You're familiar with this verse, I'm sure, once I read it. Ephesians 4, 26 and 27 say, In your anger do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. Interesting. Do not let give the devil a foothold. There's, there's some way in which he can kind of grow in strength in you, uh, and that is that if you let lies or sin linger, then he can play upon those and put them deeper into your heart. 
So we want to get rid of those. Uh, in this case, the immediate example was, don't let the sun go down on your anger. If you're having an argument with someone, don't go to bed angry. Work it out before you go to bed. That's the immediate example there. The idea is confess your sin. 1 John 1, 9, of course, if we confess our sin, He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Right. So as I said before, this is the first step towards shooing the enemy away is confessing your sin before God. And then the next sentence in our main text says this, We know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know Him who is true. This is really important because Jesus is the only true God. God the Father Jehovah sends Jesus, their triune God. They're the only, he's the only uh, true God, not the thief, not the enemy who tries to um, uh, step in God's place. We know Jesus, it's saying, if you ever wonder if someone or some behavior or some teaching is right or not, just, just ask out loud, is Jesus your Lord? Is Jesus Lord of this activity? Is Jesus Lord of this teaching? Just like Ron and I did when we went to the lady's house. Do you believe that Jesus is Lord? Just get it out there. Because that's the issue for the enemy. The enemy wants to be the Lord, but only Jesus is the Lord, is what John is saying here. We know also that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know Him who is true, who is true. And so what's clarifying is who's true? Do you believe that Jesus is true or do you believe the enemy? Just put it out there. Speak it out. Is Jesus the Lord of this situation? And you'll find clarity. Clarity will begin to happen when you speak out that truth. Okay, one more. Actually, yeah, one more sentence. It says at the end of this section, And we are in Him, that is Jesus, who is true, even in His Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. He is the true God and eternal life. And then it says, at the very, very end of His letter, Dear children, keep yourselves from idols. Why does He end His letter like that? Right, because that's the issue. Are we following a true God, the true God, or are we following a false God? An idol. Mm. These are powerful statements. And the important thing is that Jesus is the top of everything. He's the King, isn't He? Jesus is the Lord. So let's worship Him today as the Lord, and the enemy will flee. Let's speak out that we believe in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and the enemy will flee. And let's celebrate this Christmas that Jesus has come to set this world free from the enemy. Amen? Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this simple but powerful truth that we are in Christ and He is Lord of all and that we can flee from the enemy as we submit to you. Dear Heavenly Father, we can resist the devil as we submit to you. God, I pray for each and every one of us that we would, um, that we would follow you today, that we would accept your grace today by faith. Dear Heavenly Father, make this a great uh, beginning to this coming week of Christmas for us. We love you, God, and we pronounce Jesus as our Savior and our Lord. In his name we pray, amen. Well, I love you all. Have a great day, and I'll look forward to seeing you on Sunday, whether in church or online. 
And then, of course, next week as well for our Advent devotionals. Talk to you later. Have a great day.